The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. As we continue to sit here quietly, in a gentle way, with a light touch, become aware of your breathing. Let yourself become more familiar with what breathing is like for you at this time. See if there's some way that you can attend to breathing where the mind is at ease, easy, kind of a light awareness. It helps you to take a few moments here to explore what your experience of breathing is like, as if it's completely okay to breathe the way you are. And you're just getting to know what breathing is like. And then with the same light touch, becoming aware of your exhale, just what it's like to breathe out. What is the beginning of breathing out like for you? What happens near the end of the exhale? Not trying too hard to know, but just lightly there, repeat repeatedly, so that in the repetition, you get more familiar with the experience of breathing out.
Your breathing may be slow or it may be fast, maybe deep or shallow. Maybe smooth or jerky. Whatever way it is, it's fine for this purpose. As if awareness had a light touch or a soft touch, stay in touch with the experience of breathing out. And as you breathe out, see if you can let go of your thoughts so you can better let go into the experience of breathing out. And then with a very light effort, not trying too hard, let yourself breathe out more, more fully, longer out breath, just a little bit more than usual. Careful not to overdo it so you get winded. But with a little light effort, perhaps simply the effort of letting go more fully as the exhale. Or a little or breathing out more strongly. Lightly breathing out a little bit more than usual. And then letting there be a momentary pause before you breathe in. And momentary can just be an instant. But there's some effort to rest, to stop, to just be without breathing in before you breathe in.
and perhaps then you can be have a heightened awareness of what it's like to breathe in the inhalation that's a little bit more heightened because of the longer exhale the very brief pause before you start breathing in Relaxing as you breathe out. Pausing briefly before you breathe in. And in this way, let the inhalations and exhalations stand out and highlight. They become accented parts of our experience here and now.
and then you can let go of any effort to have a longer out-breath, any effort to pause. And let the inhalations and exhalations be the work of the body. A natural phenomena that rises and passes through the body, with the body. And with your light awareness, settling into the experience of breathing. Almost as if the experience of breathing is caressed by awareness. Breathing caresses awareness, one breath at a time. With a light touch, let yourself stay with the full length of the out-breath, full length of the inhalation. So the physical experience of breathing in and breathing out 
you're right there for the whole length of it, full cycle. And then in the last couple of minutes of this sitting, continue to notice your breathing and what the experience of breathing is like. But then reflect a bit. Consider what you can learn from this way of breathing. What does this teach you about yourself? What kind of reference point does this provide you? does it teach you about what it takes to come to this place of breathing? What are the lessons from your breathing? And then to end this sitting, take a few longer, deeper breaths. As you deep breathe in deeply, feel your body more fully, torso. Feel your body against the chair, the cushion. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes.
So welcome everyone. And um, you have trouble hearing? So there are hearing system devices. Maybe, um, could someone get the hearing system devices for both of you? They're not working? Are they working the hearing system devices for some of you? Yes. 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 So you need to maybe try, uh, yeah. Let's see if they're working now. Can you hear? You can hear this now. You can hear. And uh, let's see. Are these working over there as well? For yes, you working? Great. Good. Okay. Well. Good morning and uh, welcome to our Dharma Practice Day. And for those of you who are new here to this Dharma Practice Day, this is a way of engaging in the Dharma practice that um, is kind of multifaceted. In different days, we approach it different ways. We, uh, in different years, we do different things. We have, uh, each year we have a series on a theme. This year the theme is a mindfulness of breathing, uh, meditating on the breath. And because of that, these Dharma practice days has more meditation in them than how they usually are. Usually there's some meditation and a little bit of teachings and a lot of discussion about different Dharma topics to explore in a personal way. And we might do some of that uh, today as we go along, but uh, it be a lot of meditation as we uh, explore it. Part of the idea of the Dharma practice day is to uh, explicitly be practicing in community Community is a very important part of Buddhist practice. 
And uh, so at lunch there's times to talk and different times. And, but uh, there's a le- little bit less community building uh, on this because it focuses so much on meditation this year. But that's the spirit behind what we're doing here as well. So I, I appreciate very much that you've come and be part of this Friday community for today. Um, the, we'll take a break in a little while and then we'll come back and do some more meditation and then we'll um, have a lunch break for an hour and come back and do some more in the afternoon. Um, Martha, who's sitting here, is the manager for this morning and, and I think if you have any questions about being here, you can check in with her and Don, who's going to take over in the afternoon, is that right? Or is Richard taking over in the afternoon? So one of those people in this corner over here. <laughs> okay, so. And then um, um, we ask that you, uh, if you have parked in the dentist parking lot or across the street at the nursing home parking lot, that maybe during the break you move your car because we want to be good neighbors to our dentist and so and they have asked us not to park in their parking lots so um, mindfulness of breathing it's a probably could be considered among the oldest of forms of meditation in Buddhism probably it's most likely it predated the Buddha it just seems like a pretty at least for those people who do it, it seems like a pretty obvious thing to do with your life is to pay attention to breathing. So probably people have been doing it for a long time. And uh, breathing uh, has a wonderful interplay between our conscious, intentional life and our kind of subconscious or autonomic kind of system where things just operate on their own without any intentionality from us. And breathing is closely intertwined with our ability to muster up energy for running away from the mountain lines or doing the different things we need to do. And so the whole system, our system is uh, set up to regulate and adjust breathing according to circumstances. And, um, and as we get, have fewer mountain lions and more neurosis, then our mental life, you know, also has a very close relationship to how we breathe and affects our breathing. And you can be sitting quietly uh, meditating and having a very relaxed breath. And out of the blue, you start thinking about something that, that maybe is anxiety-provoking. And you can notice your breathing changes as a result. Or if you start at the beginning of meditation, you feel your breath is kind of not quite fully relaxed and smooth because... Um, you know, if we carry a lot of tension in our mind, concerned, preoccupied, taking care of things, so there's a kind of very natural for some people to hold their breath ever so slightly or very much. And it, you can't just stop that automatically. So in the course of meditation, sometimes it's, they slowly feel it gives away and, you know, the holding gives away and the breathing opens up and the chest relaxes. And, um, and you start feeling a very different way of breathing because the mind is different. The mind is beginning to relax. And there's a reciprocal relationship between breathing and the state of our mind, which maybe some of you uh, uh, experienced when I asked you to um, breathe out longer and then hold it slightly. What happened to some of you during that time? Anybody want to 
this, was that interesting for some of you? And what did you notice? When, yeah, so if you can use the mic and back over there. I noticed um, holding the breath out longer, I started having feelings of sadness coming up. And uh, that was just something I noticed. Yeah, I could well imagine that. The, um, I mean, I, I could analyze that different ways. I'm just speculating, but the, uh, the breathing is very closely connected to our emotional lives. And sometimes people hold their breath as a way of not really feeling their full emotions. And if we release that holding, then the, what's underneath there has a chance to come. And in Buddhist practice, that's considered to be a good thing. So, so it's good to let these things, it's good to trust that it's okay to let these things come forth and have their time. Thank you. Well, I noticed um, uh, a kind of a troubling thought that I think is there just all the time, which is, am I doing this right? Mm. Am I, is this enough of an out-breath? Yes. <laughs> and I realize how habitual that is. Um, and then I got to a point where I was able just to relax and observe it. Mm. But, I, but I was very aware of this, you know, this intervening judgment going on about, am I doing this right? Which you do all the time. Which I do all the time. So even talking about it now, you're probably doing it wrong. Right. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> I, I, I know this from a personal experience very well. <laughs> this, this, this tendency of the mind. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so uh, what I found is that by becoming familiar with it, seeing it over and over again is part of the healing from it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's unfortunately a lot of wisdom comes from familiarity. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, right. we wish we could be wise quicker, but... So, yeah, so I think it's great you see it. And, and part of the value of working with the breath, tuning into the breath, is sometimes you can see the attitudes we have mm-hmm. in relationship to it or even embedded in it. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, so I'm, I'm happy that you saw this. Yeah, I think it's what, part of what gets, uh, probably a large part of what gets in the way of my sitting on my own. It's always so easy in this, in a group uh-huh. sitting because there's, it's supported. But I think on my own, there is that little voice that's able to, um, or that does question all the time and judge. Have you ever turned, so. it, ar- uh, uh, turned it around on itself and wondered whether, uh, maybe you're not questioning right? <laughs> <laughs> Am I asking the right question? <laughs> yeah, you maybe, maybe not asking, you maybe, you're probably not asking the right question. <laughs> and... and pro- and, and probably, pro- probably, probably your, your, yeah, probably your consideration that you're doing it the wrong way is, is, is what's wrong. Yeah. And you said be more thorough. If you're more thorough, it's, <laughs> you're probably more relaxed. It's <laughs> good you. to laugh at it. <laughs> yes. Please, I saw another hand, yeah. I noticed that uh, at first it just required so much work on that out-breath. It was like a whole lot of effort. And it kept being a whole lot of effort for a while. And then after a while, I wasn't paying so much attention and I realized it was effortless. So mm. it 
went from being really difficult to mm. just not sort of automatic and relaxed. Mm. Great, I'm happy to hear that. And, uh, and you probably remember I tried hard to say lightly, just very, very softly, so um, to, to prevent or kind of avoid it being a lot of work. And I can see it being a lot of work, I understand that very well, but I wonder how, what you understand about yourself that you would have interpreted what I said or, or applied what I said so it was a lot of work. Well, that's my habit is that I get a new opportunity and think about something that happened at work yesterday and I thought, oh, it's going to be so much work until I was on the phone conference call and then I realized this is so easy. But leading up to it, before the call, it was all this, oh, I've got to do this and that and I should check with this consultant. It made it into a really big mountain of work. So you think the same thing happened with the breath? Yeah. So, so yeah. it's more, it more the mental world of, of expectation, assumptions, uh, that that's where the work is, as opposed to actually doing it. Exactly. Mm. Well, that's a great insight. Yeah. Yeah. That, that gives you that insight gives you maybe a chance to move away from that and find another way. And I also got worried that maybe I would hyperventilate with this all this work of the long exhale. <laughs> <laughs> great. Thank you. Yes, please. it work? Yeah. I was doing fine until... Maybe, it's, maybe the battery is low. Did you change it? Oh. So I was doing fine until you said to keep the outbreaths longer. And so when I did that, I felt um, kind of anxiety. I noticed that my breath became um, more shallow, like as if it was too hard to, uh, you know, take the br to keep the breath a little longer, the out breath a little longer, and so my in breath was kind of very precipitated, mm -hmm. and you know everything, my whole rhythm changed, and I was just out of focus until I just realized, well, maybe I was actually already having my out breath as long as it can be, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't need to listen to Gil. <laughs> And then I could calm down. Like, you know, I think, yeah, it just kind of, I couldn't keep it longer. Great, I love that. Uh, you know, you, you, we should always find our own way, right? And you shouldn't listen to teachers too much. <laughs> just enough. <laughs> Thank you. Did anybody find that, find that you got, uh, were able to get a little more concentrated and more settled and calmer in this way? Anybody, those of you who want to speak up, say something. I found myself getting a lot calmer, and the ability to pay attention to really subtle parts of the breath increased. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay, thank you. Then. Uh, well, yes, Gil. Uh, as soon as you gave the, that instruction to hold the breath longer and then do the pause, uh, I find I was actually able to uh, start to concentrate, focus on the breath. So the, having that instruction was enough of an anchor to pull me away from my daydreaming. Mm. And then I felt, oh, I'm doing this, and this is nice. Nice. So having a little bit more intentionality, a little bit more of a, I don't know if project is the right word, but a little bit more thing to do kept you more engaged. From it it yes. pulled you away from you didn't, so you wouldn't be so engaged in your thoughts. So that's a good lesson. So maybe, maybe one more. Any? When I hold the out-breath, I have this sense of 
the only way I can express this diving down, it feels like a, a very pleasant kind mm. of submerging. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I'm in a different uh, place, uh -huh. a much uh, calmer place. Nice. And, yeah. and, and what happens when the in-breath returns? Well, sometimes I have a problem because I like that stage so well that I hold it and then I gulp <laughs> the air in. So yeah. uh, I haven't learned always to make it smooth. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's, that's something to learn. Some people hold that out, the pause, for a variety of different reasons. They get attached to it. And it, in the long term, if you have a long term view of things, you know, it's good to have sometimes a long term perspective. The long term perspective of, you know, 10 minutes of meditation, um, you probably go get more settled in a nicer way if you don't hold it uh, too long. If you don't get, I mean, holding it briefly a little bit can be a support at the beginning, um, but, uh, but for you, you know, if you get attached to that pleasant thing, uh, the carrot I'm giving you is that if you don't do it, don't hold on to it too long, then um, the, the long-term benefits are greater. The delayed gratification. <laughs> To the Nick, Nikki, one more. Last, I said, one, let's have Nikki. I saw Trudy and Nikki's hand go up at the same time. So, since you asked about concentration, and, and what was noticed was interesting. In the past, I've noticed that the out breath and the pause after the out breath is where the um, the rapture, the energy of pity, builds up, and 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 rides into absorption. And today, what was interesting is for the first time I noticed, of course, because that's when the body's relaxed. Mm. It's not when the, the in-breath in is, there's more activity, but the out-breath is just that, that relaxation that's required for mm. that state of mm -hmm. samadhi. Great. I think it's, it's great that you see that for yourself. I think for different people, it's different parts of the cycle where they somehow, uh, they get concentrated and absorbed in the concentration. Some people, I think it's that it's the letting go of the out-breath, the whole smooth letting go, that whole process. Some people it's the pause. Some people see in-breath, it's very satisfying, very engaging. And uh, so it's interesting to see for each of you, which part of the cycle of breathing in and out is most compelling, most pleasant, most engaging, most... <clears throat> because if there is a part of the cycle that is most engaging or most interesting or most pleasant, um, you can use that to your advantage because then you can kind of look forward to it. <laughs> you can kind of be prepared for it. You can just remember to be there for it and enjoy it. Um, and, and all that kind of little, I mean, this is a very light touch, right? But that little light touch to do so can, um, uh, can support you, for, can uh, help you not to get easily swept away in thought. Because that's happened so easily, right? And um, so if you find something pleasant in the breathing, uh, it's more, you know, it's more compelling to be there. Okay, um, and then I asked about uh, lessons at the end. What did you learn about yourself? Some, I mean, some of these things you, 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 you just explained, or maybe some of the lessons, but some, some of the other ones of you who didn't speak, was just taking that time at the end to just familiar, see or check in with your breathing and see what your breathing teaches you about yourself or what's the lessons of it. Was that useful to do that? And what came, what came up for you? Maybe it'd be nice to have a couple of reports. Yes. Uh, 
Um, well, I'm reflecting back on the first day when you said to uh, entrust yourself to the breath, which I've been practicing with, and what felt different today is that um, I have um, noticed a certain anxiety when I start the, out, the in-breath, like I don't know if I'm going to be able to breathe or get my breath. And today it was like I think that trusting at the end of the out-breath and just letting that pause, my belly relaxed into the in-breath and that mm-hmm. took away the anxiety. Wonderful, wonderful. So if you relax, your belly knows, knows what to do. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. Great lesson. I think for a minute I felt a really uh, nice appreciation for my body and the amazing things that it does. Mm. Mm. Fantastic. So, uh, so that was one of the lessons for you, is that deep appreciation for your body and the breathing process, and you can settle back and kind of trust it, the whole thing. Very nice. Okay. So uh, last one up here, right behind you, Sally. I really liked when you um, told us that uh, we should caress the breath uh-huh. with our mindfulness, or, uh-huh. the, or, the, or the breath was caressing the mindfulness. Nice, yes. So some of the rest of you like that too, that language of caressing? Some of you hate it? <laughs> it's, uh, I kind of I mean, I say that kind of lightly or jokingly, but I, I say it also because I, I, I very much appreciate that you liked it. I did it, but the idea would be helpful, so I'm glad it did. Um, but it's very important with such a big room as this to appreciate that language and instructions and everything is not like one shoe fits everyone. And uh, so you'll hear things and that don't, language that doesn't work for you or particular instructions that don't work for you. And, um, and uh, you could either try, give it a try, give it a sincere effort to go along. Uh, sometimes it takes a while to get the hang of something. Or you could say, well, not, that's not for me. Caressing maybe reminds you of I don't know. Is it the English word pawning? When someone, what's what they, pawing. Pawing or something. <laughs> yeah, okay. What was interesting for me about that was, you know, the word caress maybe wasn't quite, at first it didn't settle, but the part of the instruction that really helped was that the breath was caressing the awareness. Mm. So it turned on its head what I usually do, and that was extremely helpful. Mm. Then the word caress worked very well. Nice, nice. Did some of you catch that difference between, was that meaningful for some of you, that two different ways of caressing, being awareness caressed? Great. So so we'll uh, spend the day breathing (laughs) together. And um, I, I apologize if I said this before in one of these classes, but you know it's one of these oddities that I like words and stuff like that. And, 
And it turns out that the word conspiracy, conspirators, means to breathe with in Latin. <laughs> so we're here conspiring today at, uh, at IMC. So uh, let's take a break. And uh, what I'd like to suggest is that we take this break silently. Um, and we'll probably, I think we can probably start again in here in about 15 minutes is my guess. And um, we'll ring a bell a little bit before. And keeping it silence kind of keeps the momentum a little bit going. And we can kind of come back and, and, and if you ever want to ask me about something, I'll be up here for a while. So, um, so how we come back to the breathing is an important transition. And uh, many people uh, don't care for that transition because it's a time when you're obviously not doing the practice. So getting back to the practice so you can start it is important. And how you get back, you know, that's nothing to do with the practice. So, that you, don't, you know, you, you don't pay attention to it. Um, but how you come back is important. And uh, some people pounce back, like, you know, jerk their mind around, like, come back, you know, and let's get, get, to, bit, get, get, let's get to work, you know. Um, some people say, oh, no, I, really, I have to? The breath again? You know, all, all kinds of attitudes come into, into play there. Um, but uh, it's possible to kind of w- see what we're doing and see if it's not serving you very well. Because some of the ways that people start over again in the breath are actually agitating for the mind and keep you agitated and make it s- set it up so you're more likely to wander off in thought again. If you're hard on yourself, if you judge yourself negatively, if you're disappointed, if you um, bear down really hard, like, I'm going to do this well, those are all agitating movements of the mind. And if they agitate the mind, you're more likely to start thinking again. If you can come back in a way that's gentle or relaxed or um, uh, kind of nourishing or supportive for you, uh, where you feel kind of more appreciation or more like, wonderful, I get, to, I get to do it again. Um, as opposed to, oh no, I was lost again. Um, there's, you know, you can you kind of look at your attitude and how you relate to it, and that's part of partly what we're going to do in this next meditation. Um, so I want to give you a little one one way you could understand uh, meditation. Uh, if you haven't heard this from me before, then it's maybe an unusual way of seeing it, and that is that um, um, uh, human life is made up of rhythms the rhythm of sleep and being awake, rest and activity, the rhythm of eating and not eating, and the rhythm of maybe socializing and being alone. There's all these rhythms that we go through in the day. And, and um, the breathing is a rhythm. You know, we breathe in, we breathe out, that's a rhythm that we carry with us throughout our life. I'd like to propose it's also a rhythm of coming back to your breathing and wandering away. Beginning in your breath and wandering away. And if you see it just as a natural rhythm, of course, the mind was designed to think. <laughs> it's not a mistake that it's thinking. It's just what minds do, kind of. It's kind of on their own. And, um, and if you fight that tendency, or if you criticize yourself for that ten- a natural tendency, Again, that just agitates the mind some more. But if you see it as a natural rhythm that you're participating in, and your part of the, of the rhythm 
is to come back. And every time the mind wanders off, that's fine. Your job is to participate in the bringing it back, to complete the cycle. And as you begin doing that over time, then um, the rhythm begins to change. And slowly, because it's like a massage, and, um, and some of the agitation, some of the pressure to think begins to abate, and then you're able to stay with the breath longer. And so with time, the rhythm t- such that you have long periods with the breath and short periods wandering away. Initially, it might be a long periods away and then short times with the breath. But uh, either way, it's your, your job, your only job, is to contribute to part of the rhythm where you begin again, start again. And, um, and that way you don't have to be fighting it or thinking it's wrong or bad. It's more like uh, a massage that's you're working the system, you're developing it, you're kind of, it requires a lot of massaging. And the more often you have to come back, the more often you need it to massage yourself, massage the brain or something. And so rather than being a mistake, it just, okay, I guess that's my job now is to keep contributing to that rhythm. Okay, I'll come back. And then how you come back, this, as I said, is important. And there, uh, even the way we use language is important to be careful for. Um, even the, the idea of coming back is kind of extra. It's kind of like, it means that you have to move the mind from wherever it goes. Uh, uh, out in front, coming back. I don't know where it is. I don't know where your mind goes. But we say our mind goes away, we get lost in thought and all that. The mind doesn't go anywhere. The mind's always here. Um, to bring your mind back, um, you know, that metaphor of bringing it back is a metaphor of work, of movement, that maybe reinforces the idea of agitating and doing. Uh, I prefer the language of starting again. So you don't have to move the mind, but you start again and you welcome the breathing back. So rather than the mind going to the breath, another option some people like is have the breathing come to you. You, you contribute to the part of the rhythm where you invite the, the breath back into awareness. For some people, that's much more peaceful and not so agitating. So, um, okay. So let's do the meditation. Sit up straight. You might take a, um, you might try to, um, be careful if you have a bad back, but you might try to uh, lean back and bring your chest forward and out. Curve your back as far as it's comfortable for you and then breathe really deep into the chest. Really stretch that and relax. And as you take that deep breath in, let your shoulders, as you exhale, sink down. Fill your front rib cage, and and then exhale and relax backwards, your shoulders. And then sit up straight again, maybe feeling a little more open in the chest. And then you might also curve to your your left, or right, which curve one side, and and far enough so when you take a deep breath into your curved rib cage, 
the upside one. You fill it with air. Let it expand widely. And then exhale and let the everything kind of, the shoulders and everything relax and, with gravity. And then the other side, curve as much as you're comfortable with so you can really breathe deeply into the side of your ribcage. And then relax, sit up straight. And then gently close your eyes. In the same way that you breathe into your front rib cage, the sides, take a deep breath and breathe and fill up your, as low down in your belly as you can. Let your belly hang forward. Stretch with a deep breath. And then as you exhale, let the belly relax. Big, deep, expanded breath into the belly and then relax. And then let your breathing, let your breathing return to normal. And then let yourself just notice what it's like to be breathing now. And then take a moment to feel uh, your right hand. Just feel the sensations that are in your right hand. Whatever might be there. The pulsing, the vibration, the warmth, the coolness. That contact with your body. And then experimenting to do it in a relaxed, committed way, relaxed, soft, appreciative way. Move from your hand to your breathing. And do that a few times. Go back and forth in a relaxed, easy way between your hand and your breathing, experimenting with different ways, different options you have for how to start again with your breathing. See if you can find a way of doing this that feels enjoyable, pleasant, feels supportive for you 
a way that goes along with a contemplative spirit. going back and forth. There's an exercise to experiment. You might try different options. You might even a couple of times, if you can remember, do it your usual way. If you're, do you pounce, do you jerk, do you look upon it as work, do you do it with an attitude of shoulds or doing it wrong or I blew it because I wandered off and thought. How can you come back to your breathing? Begin again with your breathing. Welcome your, the breathing back to awareness. So it supports you to stay there longer with the breath. And then you can stop doing the exercise and settle into being with your breathing. And then as you are able to stay with your breathing, experiment a bit with how you are in attending to the breathing. How are you being aware of it? Are there any attitudes which might be extra? 
other ways in which you do it, which maybe is too forceful or too complacent. even if you can only do it for a few moments, can you find a way to be with your breathing that feels pleasant, enjoyable, settling, appreciating, so it feels kind of natural and appropriate that you would center your attention when breathing. And notice when your mind wanders off in thought. Notice how you begin again with your breathing. Experiment with finding a way to begin again that feels supportive of the meditation.
in the background as you meditate. Give, your, give yourself the benefit of the doubt that you're doing fine, that you're doing it right, given causes and conditions, that the effort you're making is the right one for you. Have that be then a default. Welcoming back the breath whenever you wander off. <clears throat> Let the breathing come to you 
more than the work of you going to the breath. Let the breath do the work of coming to you. And then <clears throat> taking a few long, slow, deep breaths as a way of ending this short sitting. Connecting to your body. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. So in the Buddhist uh, discussion about meditation, there's a certain kind of pride of place for uh, how we connect with whatever the object of meditation is. So whatever, whether we're connecting to our breath, whether we're connecting to the phrases of metta or whatever it might be, um, the, the, that establishing that connection is called, it has a word, it's called the bitaka. And sometimes in English it's translated as applied attention. You apply your attention to something. But the idea of applying, for some people, the words are always so tricky. You have to be always careful with the way words and how you, how you relate to them. Because the word apply can be, some people can be taken as kind of work, more work. Got to just do this thing, apply, you know, your, you know, your parents tell you, apply yourself to your homework. And apply yourself to your meditation, like, okay. <laughs> but uh, uh, but this, the importance of this particular juncture of meditation, of how you make that connection, how you establish connection, 
uh, is held up to be one of the very important factors of meditation practice. And so it, it's worthwhile spending some time kind of being familiar with what you do, how you do it, rather than taking it as just kind of a given, like just you have to get back to work, you know. And the, but the getting back or the beginning again. And, um, and so can you do it in such a way that it feels harmonious with meditation, it's supportive, it's settling, that's not agitating, that maybe has, uh, I like the word devotion, the word devotion. So you come back with devotion. I could say commitment, but that's like back to work again. And, um, but devotion, um, come back and, uh, you know, something that you, devotion is something, hopefully something you love, uh, you're devoted to. So come back with some sense of, or, or invite it back. So there's all kinds of different ways. All, different people find different attitudes or different ways of connecting, which is right for them. But right now I'm pointing you in this direction to this particular juncture. So any of you, what did you, some of you discover in this meditation about that juncture of starting again or coming back or anything was interesting you'd like to share? Well, I hope <coughs> I have laryngitis, so I hope this isn't too bad. Um, sometimes I'm not so much thinking as dreaming in a sort of a foggy state and coming back is sort of tenuous. I, I can drift right back in, mm -hmm. but I just, just sort of discovered uh, from our discussion this morning that um, if I ask myself, where am I in my breath? If I'm coming in and in the in-breath or at the top or wherever, it gives me an anchor that I can sort of establish my, my connection with the breath. Nice. So this exercise of noticing when you wake up from, oh, are you waking up in the in-breath or the out-breath, at top or the bottom? Sometimes that means you're already back. You don't have to make, then you don't have to do any work to kind of apply yourself because it's kind of your back set. Great, thank you. Your left shoulder. This was a fascinating exercise. Um, I discovered uh, that, you know, really when you said pay attention, not just the fact that you lost your mind, but, but how you come back. And I realized that when I was coming back, there was my heart was beating faster and I was like, why is this? I, I, I didn't have any emotion or what's going on. And so then I was more careful to, you know, the next time to really watch what was happening and I realized that there was this voice inside me that was, oh, you got lost again, you know, you need to come back, like really mean and, you know, and I realized that's, that's, that's how I am with myself all day long. And so I was, I was like, okay, let's play a game. So if that happens, I'm going to come back and breathe kindness. And that was pleasant. And I noticed that my, my heart didn't, heartbeat didn't change. So I kind of kept playing the game and I said, well, that's good. Next time I get lost, I get to, to breathe kindness. And, um, that was pleasant. After a while, I got kind of got bored with, with the game, but I changed it in a way that was really beautiful. 
And I kind of, it went from breathing kindness to re-entering the kind zone. Mm. And so every time my mind wanders, I can just come back to the kind zone. Mm. And it was really enjoyed this exercise. Beautiful. <laughs> so maybe coming back to the kind, kind zone, it stops being a game. <laughs> Great, thank you. So let's bring back. And I, maybe I, should, I, I haven't started doing it, but I think it's nice if people say their names when you start. Okay, I'm Kate. I found this very helpful. For years and years and years, I've both read and heard and read and heard to bring the mind back or bring the attention back to the breath in a non-judgmental manner. But teasing that out and breaking that down and having some alternative phrases, specific alternative phrases, was very, very helpful. Mm. And, and any particular phrase that was most useful for you? Um, probably just letting the attention, allowing the attention to come back, nice. starting over. Nice. Allowing attention to come back. Nice. One of the one of the interesting things to notice, uh, things can be fascinating, is that um, when you've noticed that your mind does wander off, when you notice that you've been mindless, at that moment you're mindful. <laughs> and so, and how did that happen? Because you didn't intend it. <laughs> you weren't because you, know, you were you were like really lost, right? You're, told, you know, you're so lost, you can't intend to sh- wake up again, right? But at some point you do. Who's in charge? You know, who, who just, you know, and most people don't notice that first moment, and then they take charge. Okay, I've got to make effort here now. But if you take a moment to appreciate the fact that the coming back or the waking up again happened kind of without you orchestrating it, and then be gentle with that. It's like a, like a shy little thing that you don't want to kind of shatter by making else effort, but kind of expand. You want to expand it or step into it. Or That's why I like the language of inviting the breath back. Well, I'm already back, so don't, don't have to do anything, but bring the, back, bring the breath into it. Please. Stacy, um, that's what happened with me. When you directed us to think about our hand, I wasn't quite sure what you meant by that, but I did it anyway, and I focused on my hand, and then I invited my breath back in, and it created so much space in my body, mm. and the breath just started flowing so much more easily, and, you know, I really liked that, and then I thought, well, I'm going to start clinging to that, so don't do that, and then you said, well, go back to the other way to see the difference and I was like no, no way <laughs> not, 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 not now <laughs> so I just kind of practiced with my hand and, and my breath and it like you, it's an invitation and it nice. really taught me something Yeah, fantastic thank you Stacey anybody else? Um, I really appreciated the word devotion. It, it was wonderful. Um, and not only devotion going to the breath, but th- it started to reverse so that the breath was devoted to me. <laughs> mm. 
And that was just lovely. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love this idea of the breath devoted to you. Yeah. It's been devoted to you for a long time. Really? <laughs> really? I thought of that. You're finally, you're finally realizing it. <laughs> Great. Thank you, Gail. Okay. I'm Martha. Oh, Martha. <laughs> I just wanted to say that when, um, when you said to direct your attention to your, the hand, uh, my, my hand started to really feel like it was glowing, like it was just like suffused with a gentle, beautiful light uh-huh. and warmth. Uh-huh. And it's just delicious. Mm, nice. Mm-hmm. Could you, when, when you switched to your breathing, did it, the glow go with you? And it was still okay. Yeah. Mm, nice. Thank you. Okay. So, um, um, so, the, so one one of the tasks and things to explore, and you know, something something that changes over time, but is how you come back, how you begin again, how you invite the breath, how you apply yourself, whatever the language is. Right, we have to use language. Um, and at different times, there are different ways of beginning again that are appropriate. There are times when it's appropriate to do it very gently and softly. And there are times to do it more vigorously. Like if the mind is really complacent, kind of drifting off and daydream into sleep over and over again, sometimes it's appropriate to do manual work. And I, I sometimes think of, um, uh, there, are, there are a few times, you know, every, every few months for me, or on retreats, probably a couple of times on retreat for me, where, um, where um, uh, meditating on breath is, is pure manual labor. It's not pleasant. I don't enjoy it. And, um, but it, I just got to keep doing it, keep coming back, staying with it. And I don't have high expectations of myself, and I don't criticize myself. I just know that given this, the, the weather, you know, internal weather, given the state of my mind and body and what's going on, that um, uh, my mind is going to drift off in thought over and over again. It's going to want to be off in La La Land, and that if I'm going to have any hope to uh, do the practice, I have to really make strong effort. Just keep coming back, keep coming back. And then what happens at some point, uh, it, something clicks inside. Maybe I come back for the next sitting or something, and then it's much easier again. I don't have to do that manual work. But the manual work was needed for the time, when, you know, for that condition. Um, uh, you know, if you are... Um, uh, I, I mean, I told a story here some time ago that um, when I was a monk in Japan, um, we were, I was sitting next to this guy who was my bully, and he was kind of bullying me and doing terrible things to me, you know, in meditate while we were meditating, you know, so I was trying to, we weren't supposed to move, right? And he was poking me, and <laughs> he, really did, he really didn't like me a lot, you know, he was really had it out for me, so it was kind of interesting. So. Um, you know, so I had to make a tremendous effort not to punch him out. <laughs> you know, I don't know how many people have that, that meditation challenge. <laughs> but I had that meditation challenge for a while, you know, I was just like ready to just belt him, you know. But uh, luckily I didn't. And, um, but, you know, the force of that desire was strong enough that, that I had to, um, you know, really make, I, you know, I don't know if I had to, but the best, best thing I knew to do back then like just back to the breath. Be with the breath. Be with the breath. You know, don't give in to anything else. Don't don't give any space to the hostility, the anger that I had. And uh, so then, you know, I made it through uh, harmlessly. 
And, and sometimes just getting to the end of meditation without causing harm is pretty good. Eh? <laughs> it's a succe- successful meditation. And um, anyway, what I'm trying to say is that uh, the right kind of effort varies from in conditions that you're in. So if you hear teachers say, uh, just come back and be accepting, just be, come back and softly allow, that might be great instructions many times, but there are times when that's not the best instruction. And other times, you know, you do that and you just drift off in thought right away because it's too accepting. So you have to kind of track yourself, and, and, but track and, and pay attention to that little juncture of how you begin again and what's needed and, and what's appropriate for you and what's supportive and helpful for you. And most important, you might not always know exactly what the perfect thing to do is, but uh, you might get a sense of all things you maybe shouldn't do, you shouldn't believe in, you should, you know, the attitudes that are built in that I'm, not, I'm doing it wrong and all that. And, uh, and you know, the attitude that I'm doing it wrong, I mean, uh, when I was in my 20s, I kind of basically thought that whatever I was doing, I was always doing it the wrong way. I mean, if I was doing it, it was wrong. <laughs> and um, that was just the nature of the universe. The universe was built around that. And, um, and so uh, I learned that, um, that it was actually, um, I had to, it took a while to actually begin to appreciate, well, maybe in the range of ways, like meditation, the range of what can happen in meditation, I think I'm right enough. <laughs> and so I learned to relax this idea that I'm always doing it wrong. I found it not useful, that attitude. I found it much more useful, this attitude, I'm doing it right. This is, this is you know, I'm on track. And, and one example of that was around thinking. Um, uh, when I was uh, first meditating, I thought, every, I thought I wasn't supposed to think at all. And so if I was having any kind of thought in meditation, I was fundamentally a flawed human being. And uh, that was not a very nice way to be. Um, but what I learned is that not, I mean, just because I'm thinking I'm not flawed, that's what the mind does. I also learned that, that there can be thinking in the background that just kind of goes along, minds its own business, it's not interfering with me meditating. And um, because I, then I just, it's okay. I'm not wrong because it's these background thoughts. I find just leave them alone and, and stay the best I can in the foreground with the meditation practice, assuming I'm doing it right. And with that attitude, I got calmer, more relaxed, and the background thoughts began to settle away on their own. But that was not what I always started, where I, you know, I was like trying to bat away every possible thought I had. So anyway, so this idea of how you come back and the different ways and you have to adjust it. So in the, in the, in the tradition, it's called vitaka. There's a second word that's called vichara. And vichara is... Um, uh, is sometimes translated as sustained attention. Uh, it's the ability. Uh, it distinguishes the first from the se- distinguishes the first from the second. The first is making the connection to the thing you're going to pay attention to, and the second is uh, to hang in there with it. Some people are actually <clears throat> good or at doing the first. They can come back, but they never really occur to them then once they're back to stay there. I just never realized that that's a separate muscle. It's like two different muscles, two different capacities of the mind. And, and to, then to stay there requires a little bit from you to hang in there. Hold the course. Set the course and then hold the course. Um, I like the word hanging out. Hang with it. 
you know, hang, hang, hang with your buddy the breath. You know, just be there with it. Sustain it. Cultivate continuity. Be longer. So in this rhythm of the mind wandering off in thought, and you come back, don't just come back, but also keep it there. Kind of hang there. But don't have high expectations that you're going to stay there for long. But it's the massage thing. So you stay there, and maybe because you, ha- you, 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 you do that piece, you come back, and then you kind of like remind yourself, oh yeah, let's hang there, let's stay there, let's linger there, let's be with that breath. Let's be with a few breaths in a row. So you stay a little bit longer, and then slowly over time you can stay longer and longer. And after a while, it becomes actually easier to stay there than it is to wander away. Which is very nice. Make sense what I'm saying? So I thought that uh, we would do another meditation uh, around that, but you know, been doing it for a while. So I think maybe the best thing to do is take a minute or so to stand. And while you're standing, stretching, I'm going to try to figure out I'm going to turn off that speaker because I think it's now. I think that humming that I hear. <clears throat> okay. So um, you might try during this meditation <clears throat> to assume <clears throat> within reason that you're doing it, <clears throat> you're doing it right. You're doing it the right way for you. So sitting upright, And taking a few long, slow, deep breaths as a way of establishing a connection to your body breathing. And then letting your breath return to normal and taking a few moments to carefully and in a kind of wholehearted way feel the different parts of your body, scan your body and see if you can gently relax places of holding in your body. Soften muscles of your face Often relax your shoulders. Perhaps soften the belly. Relax with a pull of gravity. Let gravity have its gentle tug to the shoulders and the chest and the pelvis all kind of settle more fully.
in the places in your body that are tense and that don't relax. Part of the art of meditation is to be okay with that. But allow that for a few moments here to be held in awareness. Any place of holding, just be aware in a gentle, allowing way. Breathe with it. And then establish the connection with your breathing. Become aware of your body breathing. And see if you can give a little bit of care to making that connection. breathing to connect to you, to your awareness. to a very kind of lesser degree, mild degree, each time you breathe out, you exhale, you're establishing a new connection. Each time you inhale, there's a new connection to that experience. establish a connection with your exhale. Linger there to experience as much of the the length of the exhale. When you establish a connection with the in-breath, with the out-breath, and the in-breath both, linger there for the duration of the in-breath, the duration of the out-breath.
and then experiment a little bit with trying to hang in there with a series of breaths in a row. So there's more continuity. So the muscle of continuous attention is being exercised. And don't worry if for when it stops. That's a rhythm. Mind wanders off, it stops. And you contribute coming back again, re-establishing a connection and then engaging that muscle of gently staying, lingering, sustaining the attention over several breaths or as many breaths as you can in a row. Some people find it's easier to stay with a series of breaths if they feel that they're resting in the experience of breathing. <coughs> Some people find it's nice to have the idea or the image of the rhythm of breathing being like the waves washing up and down off the shore, the sandy shore. Stay with the breaths. Stay with it. With awareness that washes up and down across awareness. The breathing that up brushes across awareness. Some people find it's useful to have the idea of planting oneself in the experience of breathing. Like putting a, sticking a anchor down into the water to keep it from wandering off or a stake in the ground. 
Anchor yourself to the breath. Plant yourself in the experience of breathing. Is there some way you can sustain your attention with breathing? So the sustaining feels harmonious, supportive of meditation. That the sustaining is welcoming, enjoyable.
Some people find it interesting, the idea of riding the breath. Like you've caught the wave on a surfboard and then that's catching the wave is the initial application of thought, attention. And then you ride the wave of the breath as long as you can. Hang in there. And then in the last couple of minutes of this sitting, switch what you're doing to now reflecting a little bit. What might be a useful lesson from you, for you, from these experiments with the initial, making the initial connection, how you do that, and how you sustain the attention what might you have learned from this? Both in terms of what you do which is not supportive and helpful, and what you can do that is supportive and helpful. Take a few long, slow, deep breaths. Feel your body, feel your chair or the cushion. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes.
So I wonder what adventures you had with your sustained attention. What was it like to make a little effort to stay there and hang out there? And, and say your name, please. Carrie. Um, some of the languaging that you used last month I was really attracted to and captured by and I've been using, especially in daily life practice, is the breath as support and nourishment. Um, and today what I noticed was that when my attention would lapse, my posture was getting wobbly. And so I used the breath as support and nourishment for my posture. Mm which then supported my attention on the breath. Nice. And that seemed to work well. And how did your breathing support your posture? Just keeping, keeping a straight posture mm -hmm. and um, kind of energy for the posture. Oh, so probably when you breathed in, there was an upwelling energy that kept you kind of straight and upright? Yeah. Maybe. Great, I'm very happy about this. Thank you. Henrika, um, I noticed that despite the noise that was going in the background, um, there was a sustained attention. And um, what, I, what I noticed is that... Um, I was, my mind was trying to frame the breathing to provide a framework that this breathing should be that way. And um, while it changed on its own, I was aware of the one that was before, the one that was coming. And I think the, the, what I realized is um on some level in life as well i'm not I'm, I'm not comfortable with um think being unstructured and not having some um being kind of uh, on a loose end unexpected not structured and the breathing's reflecting that changing on its the background of what how it should like that's what i mean it was changing on its own while I was aware of it through that process. So it was changing while you're aware of it, but part of what you, you were trying to put structure on it or frame it. And yeah. Be, and was it helpful or not helpful to do that? It was, uh, it, well, it was comforting because it was a form of control, I think. Mm -hmm. And I realized, oh, this is not, this, this can't be controlled either. And the one is also can't be controlled. It's just, Realizing that there is no control really of breathing, it happens, but I, I'm still trying to do it, being aware of it. So that's what I was experiencing. I think it's great to see that. And I don't know if this applies to you, but there are people who, whose minds work better under structure and, and a procedure. And, um, and, and some people who need stability because they've had so little stability in their life and so there's a, a, even an attachment to it. And so that's one of the advantages of something like these 16 steps of breathing that we're doing this, this year is it, it does provide a very clear structure a person can follow 
And, um, and so people who need it, they have it. And then as it goes, with the, with the beauty of it is as that we get deeper and deeper into it, at some point, um, uh, the structure is let go of. We don't need it anymore. But initially, it's, it's needed. And some people have attachments that, uh, about how they practice that um, you don't want to get rid of right away. If the, if the attachments are, like if you're attached to being with your breath, maybe it's a good attachment for the time being until you, until you be able to stay in the breath for some time and then you can let go of the attachment, but not the first chance you have. So someone else. Because um, I was focused on sustained attention, I could for the, I don't know if it was the first time, but I could feel my attention depart, <laughs> which I have never, I don't know if I've ever, you know, my, my attention, you know, go away, you know, leave, which I don't know if I've ever felt that before. And it was like a rolling feeling, like it just kind of rolled back, which didn't feel bad and mm. I didn't fight it. I was like, oh, you're leaving, bye. Mm. You, know, it's, you know, and then and it happened several times. So it was this, it's a new feeling that I've never, a new, a new um, I don't know nice. what to say. And then in watching it roll away, were you then, uh, think you, you were able to bring it back sooner? Yeah. It's kind of the, your, the rhythm, right? Right. Uh-huh. And uh, an interesting thing, if you're that, if you, if you can watch that, an interesting thing to do is, um, is uh, as it rolls away, as you feel it go away, uh, don't stop it right away. Oh, I, yeah, I did uh, kind of, kind of, it's kind of like go along with it for a moment and then bring it back. I mean, this is that's the image I, I've used in meditation. Is sometimes I'll go up, I'll go along with it for a moment, like slip, like slipping on a banana. Right, you're supposed to kind of go with the, go with the slip, <laughs> before you catch yourself. So you go, go with the, go with it, wandering off, a little bit, and then catch yourself and come back. Straight back there. I'm Sue, and uh, when you talked about the waves of breath and the waves of awareness, um, as soon as I heard that, I went to my favorite beach north of here. It was like I was there, mm. and I could see the shining the light on the water, I could hear the, the little pebbles, the water coming up and rolling the pebbles, I could feel the spray. Um, so that seems really useful. I stayed with that for a while and then you talked about riding the breath and some other things. I got distracted and kind of annoyed because I couldn't be back at my beach where I really <laughs> wanted to be. <laughs> and the other thing was um, you talked about devotion, which right at the end when I couldn't really get back to my beach. Um, I noticed that devotion is a very attractive word for me, and it also embodies joy. There's, for me, there's a lot of, of joy. Um, so that's a good thing, I think, for me to work with. Nice, nice. And hopefully I can support you. I noticed that when I was sustained for a few breaths, I, there was some energy in my this part of my 
and and I thought I, I wasn't deliberately. It, I just became aware that that seemed to be an aid to keeping me sustained. That energy. Yeah. Like a buzz that, or vibration. It, or? Yeah, it was like energy oh, there. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's very it's pr- fairly common that as people get concentrated, that uh, there's going to be energy, vibrations, warmth, tingling, lightness, light, different kind of symptoms of concentration that appear at different places in the body. And, uh, and so you can, one, one approach to those things is to take them as gentle cheerleaders. And uh, so they're, they're encouraging you to keep, what you're do- keep doing what you're doing. Don't pay attention to me too much. You know, the t- the whatever it might be. But like, oh, that's a good sign. It's like, okay, c- carry on. So it's been interesting between the three meditations this morning. When you first had us, um, the sensation that I can think of between the the breath and the hand was one of generosity, so Mm. giving it back, Uh right? So I think what um, it was sort of the breath giving the energy or the awareness to the hand and then the hand giving it back. And so that idea of kind of communicating back and forth and and that generosity back and forth seems to have carried through. so what was interesting with sustaining was what I felt sustained it was um, curiosity. Um, so without effort, without this, and at one point it was this um, thought of, well, this isn't mine. It's like sort of giving the awareness to the mind, giving yeah. out of curiosity, where is it going now? What is it doing? It, I, I discovered that about two-thirds of the way into an out-breath or an in-breath, the mind would sort of do a little bit of a diversion and then it would kind of, it's like, oh, that's interesting. And then it would like sort of give the awareness back to the breath for the end of it. And that sort of awareness and um, giving back and forth and that generosity just kept going and that really helped just this curiosity of just, what is this? You know, just kept sustaining it. So, so, so you stayed with the breath much longer than you normally would, you think? Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Nice. Without this sense of, I, and, and I think the biggest part of it was, um, the biggest gift that I think you gave was this sense of, or this idea of, you know, maybe what you're doing is right. If it feels <laughs> tight, it's right right now. This is what you need to do right now. If it feels mm-hmm. loose, this is what it needs to do right now. Great. So. Did, are, there, are there of you find that little attitude that I'm doing it right helpful? Mm-hmm. Better than the alternative, I'm sure. Huh? <laughs> 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 I mean, every once in a while, I you know, in a blue moon or something, I have to correct people who think they're doing it too right. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, but, but generally that's, you know, you don't have to worry about it until a teacher tells you, you know, I think you're a little bit gone too far that way. <laughs> yes. I'm Kurt. And uh, it's really, it's very cool for me to um, sense that part of, for me this morning, with these, all this instruction and this practice, with the breathing is it, there's so much um, about gentleness and lightness and softness and it seems it's a, it's a, it's a great thing for me um, because I guess in a lot of my life I'm not that way with myself and with others probably but it seems like this is a great uh, doing this with the breath is a great um, teaching for how to do it more in more of my life. Mm, Nice, perfect. I like hearing that. Great. So, um, so hopefully what we did this morning um, 
these different exercises, different ways of being, gives you a little bit different perspective, the tools for working with the breath, staying with the breath. And it supports you in then doing the 16 steps of Anapanasati, 16 steps of breathing meditation that is the primary focus of this year of Dharma practice days. And um, so in the afternoon, we'll pick up the 16 stages and continue a little bit with that. Um, uh, and hopefully this was a good foundation. And so we'll start again in here and in an hour. So maybe make it 1.20 and 20 minutes after one. And uh, you can talk now to each other. <laughs> and, and in fact, it's kind of, enc- kind of encouraged, but you don't have to, of course. And, um, and those people who are familiar with here, you can take the tables and put it out in the outer hall. I don't know if it's warm enough, you want to put a table and chairs out in the, out in the driveway, the parking lot, you're welcome to do that. And um, enjoy your, your lunch. Thank you. <laughs>